Hello, everybody, social media. Very excited to have you here today at the PowerCast Team Powerhouse podcast today. Today is July 20th. It's Tuesday night, 5 p.m., and here we are today with our special guest, Mandy Miller from Guaranteed Rate. Very excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Absolutely. Mandy is uh, amazing on so many levels. You're going to be very excited to hear what she has to say. We're going to talk about a lot of things real estate. We're going to talk a lot of things about mortgages and things that you as a buyer want to know. Someone who's never bought a house before, someone who's thinking about buying a house in the next 10 years, someone who's looking to buy a house right now and doesn't understand things and how to get prepared. So we're going to go over those kind of things as well. Um, also, want to talk about the YouTube page. If you're not, haven't subscribed yet, please go to our YouTube page. It is YouTube, obviously. Go to Team Powerhouse Real Estate. Go and hit subscribe. And then you're going to be entered to win a beautiful tumbler made by Heather Knotts. Creative Crafts by Heather. You can also go to her Facebook page and see who she is. That's Heather Knotts Creative Crafts by Heather. And I'm excited that at the end of the show, we're going to have another lucky winner to you know get one of these tumblers. So pretty cool stuff. Very cool. Drinks nicely, right? Very beautiful time. <laughs> uh, Mandy, uh, let's talk about the uh, our kids today in America. And I say kids anywhere from the ages of, I don't know, 15 to 25. Um, what are they learning about credit? And how are they getting to know about credit if they don't learn from mom and dad? They're not teaching in schools. Uh, Few and far between, yes. I mean, I know that there are some financial literacy um programs in the school system. Unfortunately, I think they take them in ninth grade and what's that really going to do for somebody uh, as a 13, 14 year old? Um, but yes, yeah, so, you know, a lot of times they're probably like we are, we're, we're looking at the internet and they're probably learning it on TikTok of all places, right? right? It's not <laughs> or if not. If they can, and by the way, speaking of TikTok, thank you, Rena. Please go to our TikTok page and it's Team Powerhouse Sales. Please join us, follow us on TikTok. We're looking to get at least a thousand followers this week we can go live and we're gonna have a lot of great videos. Sorry to intermingle yeah. over here. A little commercial break. Uh, gonna have a lot of TikTok uh, real estate things to share with you. So please go to our TikTok page. It's Team Powerhouse Sales. Thank you so much for that. Going back to what we're talking about again over here. Um, so the kids, they don't know much about the young adults. We have people that are 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 who don't know about credit, mm -hmm. right? And um, what credit means? How do we get credit? How do we ruin credit? You know, what would you say is a good way for people to start learning about credit as far as um, building their credit from a young age? Sure. So you know, it really all depends on you know everyone's everyone's financial position. Um, so if somebody from the young age, you know, the best way to establish credit is probably you know when you're 17 or 18 years old. And if you have the ability to go on to one of your parents' credit cards, you know, become a co-authorized user. I mean, that's a great way for them to establish credit early um, because now you have the history. You're, you're already transferring that history from hopefully, um, you know, your, your qualified, uh, very responsible parents. adult parents. Yes. And now you're automatically, um, you know, get, gaining that that length of, his, of credit history as well as you know that good score. So, it's, it's funny you mentioned, I'm just gonna sure. take away from that. So my son Daniel, who's now 18, going to college, 
about a year ago, exactly that I did. Yeah. I went to my credit card company and said, listen, I want to add my son on this because I know we can start building his credit. And, you know, he really was excited about this idea um, because he's, he knows what we're doing <clears throat> every day and how this works. And that, that's a great idea, by the way. Thank yeah. you very much for mentioning that. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So if I mean, if and that's what I tell a lot of people. I mean, because it's hard. It's hard to start from nothing. And I think that's what you know. Unfortunately, you do find some of these borrowers. They don't have any credit established. And you know, you, uh, what I try to do is really guide them and give them resources on you know where to start. And you know, if if you don't have that person that can quickly add you and give you that boost almost of, of um, that credit, that length of credit already, yeah. you know, you're, you're really starting from scratch. And so, you know, you can't just go to a credit card company and, and fill out an application because you're going to get denied because you, they're looking at everything like the banks are. You, they don't have that credit history. So the easiest way is really to go, if you already have a relationship with your checking account, you know, checking savings, you have it at that big brick and, brick and mortar bank, you're going to go and you're going to get one of those secured bank cards. Um, you're going to prepay it, you know, it's using your own money, and then you're going to use it wisely. You're going to show that you're responsible using this card. Um, and then a month, two months down the line, that first, you know, credit reporting agency is going to give you that first score. Then, you know, that's when you start applying for other smaller cards. You know, your real goal is to get like three in your arsenal. I like that a lot. How about the fact that young people... They've got little jobs, maybe that, or birthday money or graduation money, right? They take that money, where do they put it? They put it in the bank. How about taking that money and start learning how to invest that money, right? Getting maybe your parents a financial advisor, or maybe they should get into learning about financial advisors to put the money somewhere, start earning a little money for themselves before they get ready to buy a house. So maybe they're 18, 19, 20 years old, 21, right? They're not buying a house yet. The money in the bank is just sitting there. They're not really earning any money on it. Take a bond take a mutual fund, something conservative, learn about the investment side of life. Sure. So they're under 25, maybe they're getting close to a point where they want to buy a house, right? They've got a little more cash in their hand. Mm -hmm. And now between building the credit with opening a credit card up or getting a secured card, they're in a much better position to buy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you have to try to implement these tools and these, um, you know, just life skills early on you know it's, it's hard to tell somebody that's 18 19 years old you have to put, put a little aside take that 10 percent, you know right. on every pay pay stub or paycheck and you know squirrel that away it's it's not within everyone's nature um i've been telling my son and even his friends now i said listen guys you have these jobs you got all this money you're stocking in the bank don't spend the money take that money and start to invest it get knowledgeable get yourself prepared for future in life. Because at 20 years old, if they start investing in themselves, who's gonna invest into themselves other than themselves, right? It's gotta start from somewhere. And if mom and dad, you guys are out there, it's important for you guys to teach your kids now. Don't wait till they're 25 or 30 because it's too late. By the time they're 25 and 30, they're five years behind the eight ball. They wanna buy, oh, ready? They're 22 years old, they came out of college, ready, and they bought a car because they got their first job for $30,000 or $40,000, right? You're buying a car that is, well, you can afford it because you got all this money, but what exactly does that do to your credit? How does that affect you, your ability to buy? So now yes. let's talk about that. You have people that we work with that are, I don't know, 30, 35 years old buying a house, right? Maybe they're single, maybe they're married. And they have a car payment 
$500 a month. Yeah. Yeah. See it all the time. You know, it's, I, I've seen it at the end where, you know, you've given them this great pre-approval young professional, you know, person or couple, uh, you know, and they're looking for their home and, and four months later, okay, I found that house and, oh, by the way, yeah, I decided I was going to buy a car in the midst of this. And now, yeah, your $300,000 purchase or your approval just dropped to one fifty because of this huge car payment. So if you're out there and you're thinking about buying a car, don't do it. Worst investment you can make right now is buying a car as a young person. What you should be doing is maybe getting something small. You want a small payment per month. You want to work on simple things in life so you can have bigger things later. Those bigger things are owning property. Property is going to make you money. Property is going to make you money and get you a position if you're 22, 23, 24, 25 years old and you can buy your first little place, a condo, something along those lines, right? Can you imagine that money that you bought it, let's say you paid for it, 150 or $200,000, five years later, six years later, you meet somebody. You decide you wanna take the next step in life. You have now something with equity inside it. You can take that property, maybe you start the life with them or maybe you go and you sell it, you've got some cash and you're buying your next place. And you're calling Mandy up and you're asking about getting a mortgage, right? And you're in a better position possible because of the ability of credit and what you've done with that whole. So when you buy a house, right? Um, and we're gonna go back to the whole car thing in a minute. Um, how does that affect your credit? When you buy a house, does your credit go up? Does it get better because you're making payments? How does it work? Um, I mean, any new trade line, as long as you prove that you're being responsible with it and you pay it on time, yes, that's gonna, that is going to improve your credit. Um, so, you know, any, any new existing line or you add a, add a house to it, it's, it's, if anything, going to boost it as long as, you know, you, sh you show that you're paying it off responsibly. Let's go back, talk with you guys about, again, you're young and I say young, anybody on the age of 40, I'll consider young because I'm over that age and I don't feel young anymore. <laughs> but more importantly, you want to go and you are thinking about buying a car. What kind of car? How much should you be spending a month on a car? What's the percentage of how much money you make for how much money you're spending per month, right? Do you buy the car yet because you want to buy a place? Can you hold out in getting a place first? Let's just say it's no, for example. That car payment should be more than a couple hundred bucks max a month, right? You want to keep it low. And that is one of the biggest um, obstacles, I'd say, for some of our younger model buyers, besides the whole student debt thing, because that's that's totally different subject. Um, yes. But it really all factors into how a bank calculates your debt to income ratio and how much purchase power you're going to have with that huge revolving payment. So I'm just going to show you a little example of it. All right. So again, you know, we're talking about that, you know, that that young professional. They may have just get out of school. You know, they're they're making a nice salary. They're going out there in the world, and you know, they have fifty thousand dollars salary. Fifty thousand so, hold on, fifty thousand yeah. dollars salary. It's pretty impressive coming out of college today nowadays, right? It happens. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> you work so hard, four years in school, maybe even longer, right? And you got a fifty thousand dollar job. Yeah. So you know, in the in the mortgage world, we break everything down to a monthly payment or a monthly income amount. So you know, your fifty thousand dollars that translates to around forty three hundred dollars a month, and we're we're basing this on your gross income. So that's how we do our calculations. Um, so this is an example of somebody with no revolving debt. All right, they don't have any credit cards. They don't have any car payments, no student loan. If they had nothing um, besides that great credit score, uh, you know, let's say, you know, this isn't for everyone, this, but this person's profile, 
they're getting a max mortgage payment around $1,800 a month. That's actually really impressive to make $50,000 and have $1,800 payment per month, yeah. right? And we're using taxes around? We're using around four twenty-five a month, so right around $5,000. Okay, so you're looking at a purchase price of around $275,000. That's that, what we're going to pre-approve you. That's impressive. I actually never knew that it would be that high at $50,000. Think about that. First time getting a job, you're out of school, you're making good money, credit you've worked on, making sure that it's up to par, yeah. right? Yeah. And now you're able to own a property that is has a value of $275,000. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're really building towards your future there. Now, you know, now I'm going to show you how, you know, how uh, you know, some some credit card debt or again that huge monthly car payment really impacts the amount of, pre of approval power. So that same scenario, you know, now, you know, a couple months later, haven't really spoke, spoken to the borrower. This would never happen to me. Of course, I would keep in contact and tell you, don't do this. <laughs> but, you know, he comes back around and now, um, ooh, there's $500 car payment. Got it. We, we went and we went to Nissan and they said, hey, we can put you in this car today. Uh, so now we have a $500 car payment. And also, you know, we have we furnished a little bit, so we got about a hundred dollars worth of credit card, credit card yeah. minimum payments. Which so is not, which is not a lot, but I don't know, credit card pay, right? If but, you think about all the credit cards you have, let's say you have four or five, you know, that you use every every month, we use your minimum payments. So right. it can be thirty nine dollars, twenty five. We add all those up, and we subtract that from your max mortgage payment. So now this individual is down to around a twelve hundred dollar max mortgage payment. Which is $150,000 purchase price. Look at the difference. You, you just dropped 125000 And you can't buy a property today for one fifty. dollars And yeah. we're not talking about a condo. Yeah. This is buying a house for exactly. one fifty. Because if you're buying a condo at $150,000, there's a condo fee that's aligned up with that. That's about, probably about 250 bucks a month in your HOA fee. What is an HOA fee? An HOA fee is basically a payment per month that includes cutting the grass and everything else that a condo takes care of. So now you're looking at a payment on the condo, right? You're looking at a condo being probably for $100,000 best case scenario if you're looking at a $150,000 condo. So um, going back to this whole, you know, you, you, I'm going to start with the people who are younger, 20 to 25, right? They go and they want to buy the fancy car. Now let me just tell you something else. Have things in life that you want to build up to. Right, you're 20 to 25, 20 to 30, 20 to even 35. You're in the beginning stage of your life. Your first car shouldn't be this fancy car that you're, all your friends are super impressed with because now later on, guess what you're gonna have? Bubkits on time buying a house because of your debt. Why would you go and do something so silly? Very important structure in your life. Be conservative, be educated, listen, understand, and you will have later on whatever car you want the house you want and the dream you want because you're building your credit from the beginning very secure, securely, very conservatively. Work hard, right? Take that money you're saving and don't just let it sit in the bank. Become informative about stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Get a financial advisor. We're going to bring a, a financial advisor on the show in the next couple of weeks and we're going to talk more about that. Get that money so you have it ready to go so when you want to buy a house, you have money to put down on a house. Now, by the way, with this scenario, what kind of the uh, loan was that for? 
Was that a conventional loan, an FHA loan? So that could have been for either or um, that scenario. So putting you know, down about three percent. Yeah. So you have, you know, I would say that that scenario meets the criteria of like a first-time home buyer. Um, that's a reasonable, you know, price tag for for a first-time home buyer at home, especially today. Um, especially today, you know, we, there are a couple different products. You know, we have everyone knows about the, you know, your FHA, which yeah. is your government program. Um, that is a minimum. It's a great program. A minimum of three point five percent down payment. Um, there are a certain number of seller credits or seller concessions that can be worked into the loan um, that would help offset your closing costs. So it's really geared for somebody that doesn't have a lot to put down, that doesn't really have that savings portion set aside, as well as they're a little bit more lenient on, you know, some of the brewer's credit history, somebody that doesn't have the 680, 700 credit. So let's talk about, you mentioned closing costs, especially yeah. today's market. You and I both know. You're a buyer. You need to have the money for deposit, yes. and you need to have cash for closing. Yeah. If you don't, you're out. Yeah. You're not even on the table as a buyer that can be somebody they want to work with. You got to have cash in hand, yeah. right? Yeah. And closing costs about ten thousand dollars is the average closing cost. Is that fair and reasonable? I'd say that's reasonable. Right. Yeah. So you're you're looking at about twenty grand on a three hundred thousand dollar house. We're talking about maybe twenty, twenty one, twenty two thousand dollars. You need that money. So. Where are you going to pull that money from, right? Yeah. Is it something you've saved? Are you getting a gift from mom and yeah. dad? Which, hey, if mom and dad are willing to help out, it's very, very common, and yeah. you're very appreciative of that. There's a lot of ways to make sure we do that gifting. Yes. There has to be a paper trail for everything. Yes, yes. We never, it's different between loan programs. But yes, you yeah. definitely have to have that paper trail of gifts, and gifts are um, acceptable from any, you know, main resident, main, um, resident, right? Main relative, uh, you know, your parents, grandparents, sister, um, some allow cousins, but it's really dependent on your loan program, but that is a great way to, you know, uh, help support the, the first time home buyer, especially in this market where, yeah, the seller credits, it is harder to get that approved. Mandy Miller, Guaranteed Rate, definitely reach out to her. Mandy, would you please tell everybody what your cell phone number is to call you? Sure, it's 203-530-4361. Okay, let's see. And as that. he knows, I can be available 24-7, even though I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> but we are. That's, our, that's the main difference between going to a brokerage versus, you know, your brick-and-mortar banks. Absolutely. Um, can we say okay. that number again? Yeah, one Absolutely. more time, slowly and loudly, so make sure everybody can hear you with what's going on over here. Please. All right, it's 203-530-4361. All right, Mandy. So hopefully that people start to reach out to you and talk to you. Uh, parents out there, you're listening, you're watching. Please make sure, please make sure your kids watch this. You've probably been talking about what to do, how to prepare credit, why they shouldn't spend their money on a, I don't know, an Xbox for $1,000 or to go. And listen, we should all have fun, but where are the priorities here? Right? Where are you in your life, right? What's another big purchase people make? They go and they open up credit cards at, let's say, uh, department stores. They start furnishing their home before they before they own it. You cannot. <laughs> very, very important. While you're going through the buying, let's talk about that, going through yeah. the buying process. When you're buying a house, okay, number one, you're not going and you're not shopping for your house. You're not buying appliances. You're not buying furniture. You're not opening up credit cards. You cannot touch your credit while you're in the process of buying a house. All right. You want to buy a house? You want to make sure your money's in order. You want to make sure your, all your documents are up and ready to go. What does that mean? So ask, let me ask you a question. Sure. 
someone just graduated college. Mm -hmm. They just got their job. What do you need from them? They haven't had W-2s before. How does that work? So if they haven't had a job prior, um, you can get approved for a mortgage going into, um, you know, as long as it's into the field of study in which you're graduating. Mm -hmm. So if you're graduating, you know, in accounting or business management, now you go and you get that full-time job in your field of study, all you need is 30 days worth of pay stubs. 30 days of pay stubs. That's fantastic. And you can... can No W-2s. You're not going to have to. No tax returns. Bank statements we're going to need. Yes. Bank statements, absolutely, to show the the source of your closing costs and deposits. And by the way, make sure one more thing. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have cash deposits in your bank, right? Because if you have cash deposits in your bank, the bank's going to want to know where did that money come from? What are you doing on the side to make money? So we want to make sure don't put cash deposits unless it's birthday gifts or some kind of a wedding gift. How does that actually, how does that work? Sure. If someone just had a wedding and you get all these checks, right? Sure. It, that's, is that yeah. a fair I question? I mean, that would be, that, that's, that's something that's explainable. You know, um, that would be something that you would more than likely have to, because yes, all large deposits need to be sourced and it's different per, per loan program on how much needs to be sourced. Um, so yeah, something like that, you would need a letter of explanation. So it'd be a letter written from the borrower. Hey, I just had $7,000 deposited on this day because you know we, we just had a wedding and you can document the wedding. You can submit a probably a marriage certificate, right? right? And, and you know, you probably didn't take, you probably didn't have the foresight to take copies of all these checks you got, but right. I think that that would be some, that would be an explainable As a matter of fact, um, that's actually deposit. another good, that's another good point. So what you're saying, that might not be a bad idea. If you do get married yeah. and you do get a bunch of checks, well, cash could be also in wedding gifts. And I know cash is very popular in mm-hmm. weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't be a bad idea to snap picture of the checks yeah, on a sheet of paper or something to kind of show. So you, yeah, so you have your documentation in line. Absolutely. That would certainly be helpful. That's a great idea. I like yeah. this. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, okay, you're buying a house. What not to do? We don't want to buy a car. Don't go looking for cars. We're not opening up credit cards of any kind. What happens? Not yet. Not during the – do that to build your credit. Absolutely. Yes. However, once you've built your credit and you're, you're in contract and you're ready to go – you don't want to open up any more trade lines. Um, it's just going to be more paperwork for you, more headaches for the bank. Um, and they're going to red flag you and very likely going to freeze the loan and say, nope, this person's irresponsible. Well, we- they, they mainly what they do is they want to source and make sure that, yes, okay, well, did you then now go and spend the $5,000 right. of link of limit that they've given you? Right. So they need to, you know, because they need to apply that minimum payment, whatever it is into your debt to income ratio and you've got a really tight really tight hairline on what you're approved for and what this home is falling under you know that that could blow a deal so that's why we say you know and we understand things happen you know it's it's life sometimes you do need to you know make a big purchase in the middle of it as long as you communicate that you should know before they do something what's going on absolutely because if they if it's a grenade that had lens in your lap it may not be able to fix it exactly um So uh, I was going to talk about in regards to this whole thing over here. I got sidetracked my, my mind over here. Um, so you got the credit. Oh, credit scores. Yeah. Let's talk about we have a few different loans. Mm-hmm. Credit scores are important. And what is a considered a top-tier credit score? 
What is eight? What's the Top best two. credit score you can actually? What's the best credit you can have? What's the best highest number you can have? I mean, I've it's I've seen them in the eight hundreds, so that's going to be your best. Um, but anywhere from seven forty and up, I'd okay. say it's not gonna it's not gonna affect the rate so much. Um, so you know your credit your credit is going to affect multiple things in in the in your mortgage. Um, a, it's going to probably decide what loan program you're going to be approved for. So somebody above 680, 700, 740 and above, you're probably going to be geared toward the conventional loan um, because of the fact that you're you're going to have a little better MI, you know, you're going to have, um, you know, good pricing. And right now in this market, you want to be in a right. conventional product because it's just marketable. Right, a conventional purchase right now on a listing, I'm sorry, as a buyer when you're making offers, a conventional buyer is a much stronger buyer than an FHA buyer. Yeah. Our FHA buyers are definitely still getting homes. So we're coming up shortly on the spinning wheel of excitement over here with the newest winner for a new Tumblr, uh, the Team Powerhouse Tumblr, which I'm very excited to share with you guys today. Um, going back to the credit, just to kind of sure. finish that off yeah. over there. So you have a 680 and above is pretty strong. Seven, I'm sorry, 740 and above is very strong. Yes, yes, and but you could still be approved for conventional, your normal conventional product, you could still be approved for a 660 and above, and I've seen them down, downwards in the low, but the problem is, as you Dead. get under 680, you're going to get, your, your interest rate is going to get higher because okay. they look at, the way the bank is looking at this is what is the risk? So pieces of the puzzle. It's pieces that, of the puzzle. Right, that kind yes. of how it stacks and where you are in the end of the day. Yes, because that's really what your credit score is. That's that's the bank's way of deciding what is your risk factor to me. How how are you going to pay this back? How right. likely are you that to pay back a huge amount of money? It's kind of like colleges, and this is a complete silly analogy to me, but colleges based on what school you can get into based on your grades, yeah. right? If you're a straight A student, everybody wants to be a part of your action. If you're a B student, if you're a C student, and different school, that doesn't mean you can't get into college. Doesn't mean you can't buy a house. Yeah. But there's a bottom baseline you need to be at in order. So Absolutely. where are we looking at on the lower side of credit scores that you can do a mortgage on? Based, of course, on debt and income and credits. So the three, three things. So um, uh, we have to be at least 600. So 600 to 680, you're probably going to be in one of our first-time home buyer products, or try to put you into either your FHA product or um, or a conventional first-time home buyer product. And the reason being is that you're going to get, you're not going to get hit so hard on rates. Um, you're going to still get a nice, comfortable interest rate. There are um, credits and and um, savings on your private mortgage insurance on both products because uh, that could be substantially higher with your conventional product. So again, just be 600 to 680, it's a big swing. Yeah. Would you say that, so you're saying 600 to 680, 3% down conventional? Is that yes, right? Yes, yeah. So there's a. Or 3.5% down FHA, depending on credit, debt, income kind of sources, if you will. Correct. All right. Yeah. So, guys, you definitely need to know about credit, how to build your credit up, how, guys, girls, people, families, kids. If you're listening, if you haven't listened yet, please share this with somebody. I guarantee you this information is going to be extremely important to anybody you know looking to one day buy a house. Please, please, please pay attention, listen, understand. We're here to educate you as much as possible. I'm so happy to hear, have Mandy here today. You've been amazing, very educational. Thank you. Uh, please reach out to her, say hello. Mandy Miller, again, please share your phone number again. 203-530-4361.
Mandy, Mandy Miller, Guaranteed Rate, a phenomenal mortgage broker. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining us today over here at the PowerCast on Team Powerhouse. Uh, we love having you watching with us, sharing some exciting things. Uh, next week, we're going to bring on an inspection company to go over different elements of inspections and what that's about. I hope that's the plan. I'm going to double check with you all and let you know later in the week. In the meantime, we have our spinning wheel. And who is going to be our lucky winner today, Jonathan? I just want to see what's happening with this uh, spinning wheel. How are we doing over there? Much like Jeff Bezos did this week, we are ready for liftoff. <laughs> or today. That was today, right? It was today. <laughs> All right. So we're going to spin. I can't see, Jonathan. Spin well, I can see. And that's all that matters. Kelly Pettit. Kelly Pettit. You Kelly are Pettit, the winner. Congratulations. That was you fun. are our big winner. We are so excited, Kelly, to send you a free, beautiful tumbler. I hope you're watching live. If you're not, make sure you watch it and make sure you share this with everybody on your pages. If you've watched the show, if you're watching the show, if you feel you've learned something, please share this on your pages. Tag me in it, share it on your page, let people learn about this exciting program for you to know about, educate yourself. Again, this cup is being brought to you by, by Heather Knotts, by Creative Crafts, by Heather, this beautiful Tumblr. Kelly Pettit, congratulations. We're very excited for you. Wanna thank you all so much again for being with us here today. Had a lot of fun learning together. I learned some new things. And uh, in this business, when it comes to being educated, you want to make sure you speak to the right people Absolutely. with the right information and get educated early in this business. Thank you so much, everybody, for staying and watching. And uh, we'll see you next week. Talk to you soon.